Went to be learning with Kutte Sichis, the first Sicha for Parshas Miketz. This Sicha is a Rashi Sicha, and it's a very fascinating Rashi Sicha because the Meforshim discuss this Rashi with a lot of Arichas, and there's a few issues with the Rashis, and there's multiple Pshatim uh, that the Meforshim give, and there's really, really a lot of uh, material on it, and so we a will be able to appreciate the approaches of the other Meforshim of Rashi and how they explain his opinion, and we could also appreciate the answer of the Rebbe and how it differs from the other explanations which are given. So it's a really a nice way to highlight the different approaches of learning Rashi. So in, in this week's parsha, it says in the pasuk, this is in Perak Mamala pasuk Nun. It says, that Yosef gave birth to two children before the year of hunger. So before the hunger started, he already had his two children. So Rashi says on this, and he brings it from the Gemara. The Gemara says, So Rashi says like this. So this is exactly From here we learn it's also for a person to mishamish, to, uh, to have relations with his wife. <coughs> years of hunger. Meaning, from this stat, the Pasuk had to tell us that Yosef had these two children before the hunger began. Why did the Pasuk have to tell us that it was before the hunger began? It's the Medayik, because if it would have been during the years of the hunger, Yosef would not have been allowed to have any children. So the Pasuk telling us that he had two children, but the children came before the hunger, therefore it's permissible, but in Achidami, if he wouldn't have had children, uh, before the hunger began, he would not have been allowed to because it's also for a person to have uh, relations with his wife during the years of hunger. So that's what Pashas Rashi is saying. So Taisus on the Gemara asks, this is a Gemara, so Taisus so asks on it that Lachaira, we know that Yechaved was born Benachimus, meaning is that when Yaakov and his family, the Ay Nefesh, came down to Mitzrayim, um, Yechaved, they were ready, Levi's wife was pregnant with Yechaved. And when they came to Mitzrayim, and they came actually into Mitzrayim, that's when she was born in the walls, meaning is once they were already inside of the city. There's a little bit of a discussion of Mephorshim, Mephashtis, it sounds like almost that it was like as soon as they came in. That's the Lash Bein Achaymes. It sounded like even before they got to their house and settled in, you know, between the walls, as soon as they got in, they had the baby. But others, like the Rashvam on that, so you want to say that that doesn't necessarily mean it happened right away. But the point is that while they were traveling or, or on their way to Mitzrayim, um, Le- Levi's wife became pregnant. And then only at a later point of time, Beit HaChaymes, she gave birth to Yechevet. But either way, the point is that Levi obviously had Tashim Shemitah, had relations with his wife in order for Yechevet to be born. Because Yechevet um, was born, because they came down to Mitzrayim at the end of the second year of hunger. So on the way, they're traveling to, to Mitzrayim would have been during the second year. So that means that Levi uh, would have had relations at the very, at the latest point of time that he would have had, had been able to have it, would have been already during the second year, let's say three months into the second year, he had relations with his wife. And then nine months later, at the end of the second year, when they're coming down to the tribe, that's when the baby was actually born, during the famine. So Tais is correct. How is that possible? It's also L'Shavosh Mitasa in the times of, uh, of hunger. There's another question that the Ra'im and others ask. They also ask this about Yitzchak. We know that Yitzchak went to, to Avimelech. 
because there was a hunger. So he traveled to, to, to Avimelech, and it tells us that Yitzchak was very successful that B'Shanah, he, during that year, Rashi tells us, what does it mean? He had Meish army, he, he grew a hundred times more uh, than, than what he planted. And Rashi says, it was B'Shanah, what's the deek of the Pasuk that was Because even though it was a Shana Sara, so everybody else, it was a year of hunger, so they didn't grow anything or very little. Rashi, Yitzchak was a hundred times more than it should have grown. And what does it say a few psukim earlier? It's, we know the whole story that Abimelech looks into the window and sees that Yitzchak and Rivka are married. He figures out that they're married. He calls up Yitzchak and says, why did you tell me that you were married? Why did you tell me she was your sister? And he says, because I, I was afraid you'd kill me. But either way, the point is that, Abim, that Yitzchak obviously had relations with his wife. It says, Bashanahi, a few psukim later, it says, Bashanahi, that he was that he became very successful and he had Meashar during that year, which was a Shnasara. So how is Yitzchak allowed to have relations during the Shana Sarat? That's what the, the Reim and others ask. So regarding the uh, Tzatesos, let's go, so there's, there's multiple explanations, and the Rebbe divides them up into three categories. As we'll see, that within each category, there's really multiple ways of understanding the answer, but it's a, generally speaking, it's one approach, and then there's different kinesias or tweaks of how to exactly learn what that answer is, and the reason why they each one learns it a bit differently because it's to take care of different issues that different issues that come up. But either way, the first approach is from Thesis. Thesis wants to say, he asked the question about Levi, but the Pashas, the answer could also be for Yitzhak. He wants to say is that it was before my, that um, that was Amidus Chassidus. That when the Gemara says that we learned from Yosef that that was really a Midas Chassidus and it was not something that, that, that needed to be done. So therefore Yosef was careful about this Midas Chassidus, Mashiach came Levi. So therefore Levi had relations, which he was permitted to have, and he had to have it. Mashiach came Yosef, um, who was careful and therefore did not have any relations. And you could say, of course, the same thing with Yitzchok, that Yitzchok also wasn't careful with it. So the problem with this is, first of all, Yosef was a Chassid, but Levi and Yitzchok were not. Meaning is, if, if Yosef was Zai, why was it Levi and Yitzchak? You know, Levi is called Ish Chassidacha. He's considered the Chassid. And Yitzchak, uh, why wouldn't they have been careful? So whatever you say about Le- Yosef, you could really say about Yitzchak and Levi. But, and a bigger issue is, a stronger issue is that the Gemara clearly says, The Gemara clearly says that it's Aser. So, so how does Tosis come and say that? It was just a Midas Chassidus. That seems very hard to understand. Isn't the Gemara says also not that it's that it's a midas chasidus that you're not supposed to be mishamish mitasa bishnas rabban. So regarding the second question that the shas uh, says it's aser, so the Rebbe brings down in Shuli uh, Hagili and he brings from the Stechemet the Kloli Apoiskim that over there he says that sometimes you could see that the lashon of aser could mean uh, it's it's not the chokiv like the chuki but mean that it's a midas chasidus meaning it's not aser mamish. That it's like or Banan or an Isra Midaraisa. Also means that Matzah Midas Chasidis, this particular act is something which was prohibited to do. Meaning, is this is a Midas Chasidis that everyone is supposed to follow. So it's not as strict, of course, as an Isra Daraisa or an Isra but it's not a Midas Chasidis, which is, you know, some people do it, some people don't. This is a Midas Chasidis that every individual is supposed to do. Therefore, the Gemara would use the Lashon of Asr. So again, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's not the Pashtus of, of, of the Gemara, but that's what the Stefan says, what the Gemara says, Aser, it means Regarding the first question, um, 
there's no clear answers uh, for Toysis directly. So it, it's, it's interesting. It seems like from the Beforshim, some asked the question, like Levi and Yitzchak weren't a chaser. That doesn't seem to make any sense. Well, it seems other Beforshim don't have an issue with that at all. They discuss it and, 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 and they bring up this idea that Yosef was czar, they weren't czar, and they don't seem to deal with that issue at all. It's almost ki'ilu, it sounds like they're learning, that since it was a Midas Chassidus, you can't really ask why was one person Tsar in Midas Chassidus and another person wasn't Tsar in Midas Chassidus. Midas Chassidus is something which is very personal because it's not something which is you are obligated to do. It's something which is Therefore, it depends on your particular situation. So for Yosef, for whatever reason, this Midas Chassidus made sense for him to take on. But for, whatever, but for Levi and for Yitzchak, that Midas Chassidus didn't make sense for them to take it on. So it's just like any other type of Midas Chassidus is that it can't be on that, let's say, for, for example, the Cheshbon on Samaras. You take a Midas Chassidus, but it hurts everybody, your, your entire family. You don't understand what the family situation was by Yitzchak, by Levi, by Yosef. So since we don't know all the details, it's hard to know why they didn't take on a Midas Chassidus. But all we can know is that for Yosef, the Midas Chassidus made sense to take on. Rasha anything for them. It wasn't an Isser. They didn't take that on because for them, for whatever reason, didn't make it, it wouldn't have fit. Okay. Others want to say that the Tosis actually, you should understand the Tosis a little bit differently. And you should understand it like the base Yosef learns. So what does the base Yosef say? So the base Yosef also, you know, asks the Shiloh, Tosis, how, how can you say that it's, uh, I mean, Chassidus, the Gemara clearly says it's Aser. So the base Yosef gives a different answer. And, if, and as mentioned, some want to say that this is actually was always the intent of Tosis. So he says like this, that before Matan Torah, it was completely mutter. There was no iser of mimasham shvitas to vishnas And the pasuk by Yosef where it says that he had the children, the koyd mishnas that's just an asmach to the alma. The thing is that by Yosef, a pearl, that's what happened. Yosef had the children before the, the hunger began. And why does the pasuk tell us that? It's not trying to tell us it's because Yosef uh, did that on purpose. That because he was a midas chassidus, it's only because he had the kids before. That's why uh, they were born, but if it would have been Mishnah Sam, we would have had kids. No, 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 no. That's just what happened, that he had the kids before Mishnah Sarah. Why is the Pasuk telling us that? It's to teach us after Matan Taira <clears throat> that this would be something else. So Ibezoi comes out that Levi, Yitzchak, Yosef, none of them were careful with this particular Indian because it was only an Isser after Matan Taira, and the Pasuk's just an Asmachta. We, we have a few others that uh, Learn very similar to Beis Yosef, but they tweak it just a bit. We have the Tzipi Lader, the Rav. They want to be Moisif, that Ulai, that instead of just saying it was an Esmach, the Alma and Yosef, you know, nothing to do with Yosef really, that maybe Yosef was careful. Yosef was Noyeh. And the main thing, Eid Afinami, it's an Esmach, the Pasuk. The main point is the Pasuk, it's an Esmach. But it was also because Yosef himself was careful about it before Matan Tayyar. So this was something that he was careful about. So therefore, when the Gemara says it's Aser, it means it's Aser Mamish. But Yosef, who was careful with it, he, for him it wasn't Aser, it was Amidus Chassidus. So therefore, they want to explain that maybe this was the intent of Tosis. Then when Tosis said it was Amidus Chassidus, he means before Matan Torah. So before Matan Torah, it was Amidus Chassidus for Yosef. And therefore, Yosef was careful, Mashenkin, Levi, and Yitzchak. Mashenkin, after Matan Torah, it would be Aser Mamish. So the Gemara says it's Aser, the Shamish, Mitasai. It means Acha Matan Torah, and Taisus meant before Matan Torah, and therefore only Yosef was careful because of Midas Chassidus. So it's very similar to the base Yosef, 
just Beis Yosef says that was an, uh, that it was an asmachta. While they're saying is that maybe Yosef actually kept it, but he only kept it as a midas chesedet. But after Matan Torah, it was also mamish. I they they ask how could we according to well the questions on according to Beis Yosef everything makes sense, but they want to ask according to Taisvis. If according to Taisus that Yosef was just doing a midas chasidus, then then how is how is the Gemara learning from Yosef that it would be aser achar matan Torah? If Yosef is just doing it as a midas chasidus, so how does the Gemara say mikancha aser the shalosh mitasei b'shtas for avam you learn it out from Yosef? Yosef was just doing a midas chasidus. It's not something which is aser. So we can answer, of course, like the base Yosef that it's just an asmachta. Yechinam it's an asmachta. Others want to say is. That uh, they, they look, look, look at more logically. They say like this: from this that Yosef was doing a midas chesedus, it must mean that after matan Torah, this was something which is also. Meaning is that since it was something which is also after matan Torah, therefore Yosef took on, even though he wasn't obligated, but he took on a stringency for himself. That since he knew after matan Torah, this is something also. Therefore, he was careful even before matan Torah as a midas chesedus. So this is how the Gemara learns it out. From this that Yosef had a medicinal citizen must mean, why would he have taken this on? It must be because this is something which would have been Asr Achamat there, and this is how we learn out the Achamat Mater would be Asr Lagam. And so those, that's, that's the first approach that the Rebbe brings, that basically that it was, it was an Indian either of a medicinal that that's why Yosef was careful, Mashink and his brothers, or more like the base Yosef, where it says that really none of them were careful. It was just the Pasik's just an asmachta. Uh, and, and this is only a din which is Achamat and Taira. And regarding Taisis, again, so we have these two approaches of Taisis. Either Taisis was trying to say that it's a Midas or he learns like the base Yosef that it was Achamat and Taira was Aser Mamish, but before Mat and Taira wouldn't have been Aser, maybe it was just a Midas before Mat and Taira. And just to point out that there's a very big Nafkamina between these two approaches of Taisus. Taisus Kapshutai, it sounds like what he's trying to say is that it was a Midas Kasidus Mamish, that even after Matantai, even today, if there would be a hunger, this at its also Lashanish Mikasa is a Midas Kasidus. Mashainkin, according to the other approach that Taisus understands it like Pais Yosef, that would mean as Taisus is saying that Lafnei Matantai it was a Midas Kasidus, but Hayoyim, today, it's actually also Minataira, it's an Isser Mamish. Either as it's an asmachta, it could be a derbanan or deraisa, but it would be aser mamish, not just a midas chasidis. So that's a very big nafkimina. Because if something is only aser misad a midas chasidis, then of course it's much more makel. That if it's a midas chasidis, then there's, it, it, there's much more root to be makel depending on a person's circumstances. <coughs> if we're saying it's something which is aser, then if it's aser, then of course. It's much harder to be made because this is an isim It's not just something a hasidus, an additional thing that you're supposed to take on. Um, the Rebbe points out on R thirteen a question, of course, with uh, with with these both with this approach that it's a midas hasidus. Says the problem is sort of in because we know that the kaimu always So since the always kept all of the Torah, so. Whether you're going to say, like the approach of Taisus, that it was a Midas Chassidus after Matan Taira, or if you're going to take the approach of the Beis Yosef, definitely if you take the approach of the uh, Beis Yosef, that it was before, that it's an Asmachta, but it's Asr Mamish after Matan Taira, and the Pasuk by Yosef just an, is just an Asmachta, meaning that they didn't actually keep it, 
But what do you mean that they, they won't have kept it? If since the Aves kept Kola Kayakula, that means Yitzchak and Levi also should have kept it. Either they should have kept it as a Midas Chassidus, because since after Matan Torah, the Midas Chassidus, they should have done the Midas Chassidus before Matan Torah, or like the Beis Yosef, that it was Asr Mamash after Matan Torah, then they should have done it because it's Asr Mamash after Matan Torah, and they kept even the Mitzvah Torabana. So, so the question is really even the first approach of Tosis, but definitely this is a much stronger question on, on, on Tosis that says it's a Isid Torabana, that, that for sure, uh, since they kept every Yisra Durabana, why would Levi and Yitzchak kept this Yisra Durabana? It leaves us as a Sarafia. Uh, the second approach the Rebbe brings is, this is from the uh, Balei Tesis on the Chumash, the, the Das Kenim, brings it from the Rav, the, Ra, the Bartanur, the Re'im, the Gurari, on their Pirush on the Chumash, that if you look in the Gemara in Tainus, which we quoted, it says, Asla Adam Lashanis Mitas Mishnei Rav, but it gives a exception. It says that chasuchei banim, chasuchei banim, are mutul l'shamish mitasim. That somebody who doesn't have children is allowed to be l'shamish mita. So someone who doesn't have kids is allowed to be l'shamish. So Ibezai Yitzchak, of course, we know did not have children at that point in time, so he would have been mutul l'shamish just mita. Levi had sons. We know he had three sons, but he didn't have any daughters. His only daughter he had was Yechavah. So since the mitzvah is to have a Puravu, Mitzvah Puravu is a boy and a girl. So therefore, Levi is also Mutubi Mashamish Mitasa. Mashik and Yosef. But the problem with that is that Yosef also didn't have any girls. The Pashtas Yosef also didn't have any girls. So since Yosef didn't have any girls, then why didn't he, why wasn't he Mashamish Mita in order to have the kid, in order to have a girl? So for that, we have a few different approaches. So we have the Bartanura that wants to say is that Levi knew this hatter, meaning is that every, everybody knew that it's also the Shamish Pitasa, the Shnei Rav. But what Levi knew was, he knew that if you don't have children, you're allowed in the Shamish. Yosef didn't know about this hatter. He didn't know, so therefore he couldn't have done it. The second approach would be is, this is more similar to Taisus, to, to is that Yosef was Machra. Even though there was a hetter, if you don't have a daughter, if you don't, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah completely, you're allowed to have tashmish mitzvah. But Yosef was still machber on himself, mash and Levi, because Levi it seems like he was more machber on the mitzvah for Ravu, while Yosef was felt it was more important to be machber on this Indian of not to be mashash mitzvah mitzvah Second approach of understanding it, it will be dasakenim. So in the Gemara, there's Machlaikis, how to fulfill the mitzvah Puravu. According to Beishamai, uh, it could be two, it could be two sons. Mashenki, according to Beisilla, has to be a boy and a girl. So having two ch- two boys wouldn't fulfill the mitzvah. So Yosef has to like Beishamai. So since he had two children, he had Menashe and Ephraim. So he already fulfilled the mitzvah according to Beishamai, and Yosef has to like Beishamai. Therefore, he already fulfilled the mitzvah. Therefore, it was also for him Mishamah Shmitasi. Mashenki, according to Levi, he held. Like they said, that, that it's a ben anabas. And since he didn't have a daughter, it was looked for him to um, to, be, to, to have a, uh, to be Mashal Shemitah. The Gurariye, he wants to say that the heter, that you're allowed to be Mashal, if you don't have children, you're allowed to be Mashal Shemitah. That's only when you don't know how long the hunger is going to be. Because since you don't know how long this hunger is going to be, and you don't have children, 
it, it could be years. You have no idea. So since you don't know, it's, it's, it's not a double which is cut. If it doesn't have a set period of time, therefore you can't push off the mitzvah because you don't know if you're ever going to be able to fill it, ever to have kids. It could be years. Who knows? Therefore, uh, there's a hat there. Masha'inkin, if it's for a set period of time, then it would be also because you could just wait till after that set period of time. Therefore, he wants to say like, and I'm adding some explanation, but the pastor says this is what he's saying. Therefore, by Levi, he didn't know how long this hunger is going to be for. Therefore, he was mutter. He relied on the hetter. Masha'inkin, Yosef, that interpreted power, his dream, and he knew that power, that was, it was, that was an abuah, that it was a proper uh, it was a proper dream, and it was, it was a shem telling power, like, what was going to be the future that was going to be a seven years of hunger. For him, it was something which is kotsif. He knew how long the hunger was going to be. Therefore, he waited. He was planning on waiting until after the hunger was finished, and then he would have more children. So again, so Levi, Levi didn't know. Even if he heard that it was going to be seven years, but he's going to rely on the, what the, you know, some, uh, some dream of that power he had. Of course not. So there's a hunger. He has no idea how long it's going to last. So therefore, he has children. Masha'ink and Yosef that knows that the dream is an endless dream and it's telling him the future, therefore he may have to wait seven years. Um, there is a, a problem with this particular approach. The problem is that the logic, the logic why you're allowed to be Meshamesh Demita, according to the Qur'an, when you don't know how long this uh, hunger is going to be, is because if you don't know, that, maybe, that you can't push it off because you don't know if you're ever going to have kids. Like, I don't know, it's going to be 10 years, 20 years, 30, who knows how long the you're going to be. So since you don't know, therefore you have, if you push it off, if you wait, you don't know if you're ever going to have kids. So therefore you just, you're Meshamish Mitesa to have children right away. Masha'enkin, if it's a set period of time, you know, oh, after that set period of time, I could technically uh, have children then. But the Sidi Lader points out that how, are you, even if you know how long the hunger is going to be, how long do you know, or how long you're going to live? Well, hunger is seven years. So do you know for sure that you're going to live? For seven years, maybe you're only going to live two years. Who says your wife is going to live that long? You have no idea what the future entails. So even if you know how long the hunger is going to be, how long do you have to have children? You, you don't know. So the issue is that that you, you don't know if you're going to have children because you don't know how long the hunger is going to be. Even if you do know how long the hunger is going to be, you don't know if you're going to have kids because maybe you'll get sick. Maybe someone will die. So therefore, you can't really rely on that. So therefore, that was the issue that somehow Mitzvah had with um, this approach of the Gurari. Another approach is this is the Marsha, the Tzidur the Bach. They want to say, um, that, that I actually mentioned this already earlier, already from the Rav, but this, they want to say that maybe this was really the approach of Taisvis. That Enoch Inami, Yosef was mutter to have Tashna Shemitah, meaning is it's really, this is, it's really awesome. During the Shnas or Avayin, everybody agrees, Kapashna Shemitah, that it's also Lashana Shemitah, say, the Shnas or Avayin. So why does Taisa say it's a Midas Chassidus? He means Dr. for Yosef is a Midas Chassidus. Because since Yosef didn't have a daughter, he was allowed to have Tashm Shemitah. So Yosef was Zahir nonetheless, and even though he didn't have a daughter, he didn't have Tashm Shemitah. Masha'enke and Levi, who also didn't have a daughter, he wasn't careful because he wanted to fulfill the mitzvah of, of uh, having a daughter. And of course, we have the different approaches why one was careful, one wasn't careful, that we just mentioned. Uh, just one last point is that the Rebbe Mepnim tells us that that if that the halacha is that if you don't have children, then you're allowed to be mishamish tamita, you're allowed to have relations in order to have children even during the years of hunger. So he, he brings a taz 
that understands this a little bit differently. That it's not if you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of Purvu, which is let's say one boy, one girl, then you're allowed to be Mashanish Nita. According to the Tazis, if you it's when you're Hoyli Hariri, when you have no children at all. According to the Tazis, this is not Mitzvah the Mitzvah Purvu. The hat of the Gemara is Mitzvah the Tsar. A person that has no children is, is, is an enormous type of tsar. And therefore, for him, this particular Isser doesn't apply. But somebody who does have children, that he just didn't fulfill the mitzvah puravu, this heter would not apply. So it's not a heter in order to fulfill the mitzvah puravu. No. According to the Taz, it's a heter because of the tsar which is involved. Therefore, somebody that has children, it would be aser. Therefore, even for Yosef, uh, it would have been aser, and technically also for Levi, it would have been aser. But he wants to say, like the approach of the Beis Yosef, that since it was before Matan Taira, technically it was just a mitzvah, it was mutter, because it was before Matan Taira. And then again, you go back to the idea. But Yosef was Zahir, he wasn't in the Mitzchasidus anyways, Masha'in came, he was a Mitzchasidus that he followed what the Halacha would be after Matan Taira, that since after Matan Taira, if you have children, even if you haven't fulfilled Puravu, you, you are uh, not allowed to have to be, not to have relations. Masha'in came, maybe wasn't Zahir. Then the Rebbe brings a similar, again, this is still in the second approach, that basically the second approach's idea is that it's aser mamish to have, to have uh, tashmish even by the times of uh, during the times of the fast, the times of hunger, even during the times of Yosef and Levi would have been aser. And the reason why it was permissible, according to this approach, is because Levi didn't have a daughter and Yitzchak didn't have children, but Yosef was a different situation, and as we gave different approaches, why even though he didn't have a daughter. That wasn't applicable because he passed him like Beishamai or, or, or as we said, maybe Zemidis Chosidis. But then the rubber brings another approach that this is from the Drisha, Vasiludavid, the Shlach. They say that there's a, there's a Psak of the Beis Yosef that during the Shnasra Avain, on the Leil Tfila, you're allowed to be, have relations. So, A, you're allowed to have relations if you don't have kids, but there's another hacker. If it's a Leil Tfila, you're also allowed to have relations with one's wife. And this is based on Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi tells us, the Tani B'Shem of Yehuda, that that someone who doesn't have children is allowed to be Mesham Shemitah during the uh, years of famine. And Amr Rabbi Yosef, Amr Yosef adds, as long as it's the day of the Tefillah. So when Rabbi Yosef said that as long as it's the day of the Tefillah, what does he mean by that? Is he trying to say that if you don't have children, you're allowed to have relations, as, but that's only on the Leil Tefillah, or is he trying to say is that when the Gemara said that it's also to be Masham Shemitasai, Rabbi Huda says, yes, but it's Mut if you don't have children. And then Rabbi Yudha is saying, Bavad, what is it also on a regular situation? But except for the day when she goes to the mikvah, then that would also be permissible. I mean, he's giving another, is he qualifying Rabbi Yehuda's bar? And if you don't have kids, it's permissible, but only on the day of Tefillah. Or is he giving another hatter? So the Beis Yosef learns that he's giving another hatter. And the reasoning is, he says, because if according to Yehuda that you don't have kids, what's the difference? And the hatter is that you're allowed to fulfill the mitzvah for Ruh, or like the Pas says, it's because of the great Tsar of not having children, then why are you allowed to have relations only on the Leil Tefillah? You should be able to have relations until you have children. Like, why not mean it's the Leil Tefillah or not? So therefore, therefore, the Beis Yosef says there must be two different answers. One is saying because of the mitzvah for Ruh, Another saying the mitzvah because the mitzvah vayna, the leil tefillah is a mitzvah, mitzvah vayna. Therefore, it would be permissible. That's what the base Yosef wants to say. 
Magen Avram disagrees. Magen Avram says, no, that um, he's actually qualifying, that you need both conditions. And you don't have kids, and it's, it's also Leot Filah, and the vart is, it's because on the Ain Isha Misaberis, the Gemara tells us the woman gets pregnant always close to the day of the Tfilah. So since that's the opportune time to have children, therefore if you don't have children, the Chachamim permitted you to have, go to the, go to the mikvah on the Leil Tfilah, have relations, and therefore that would give you the capability of having children. Meaning is the whole Hetzer is because of children, but they didn't just want to be Misham Shemitah constantly, rather they gave you one night, the, the night which is most opportune to have kids. That's what the Mother of Ram wants to say. So now you have another approach to understand, uh, you know, what the Machlekes Levi and uh, Yosef. The approach, the, the approach would basically is that Levi didn't have a daughter, so he didn't fulfill Purugu. Uh, sorry, it could have been that um, he held, he held like the base Yosef. Meaning is that on the Leil Tefillah it's permissible. So Yehuda was still, Levi was still having relations on the Leil Tefillah. So therefore, he, his wife became pregnant with Yehuda on the Leil Tefillah. Mashenkin Yosef held, um, Mashenkin, I guess, he didn't hold of this hatter of the Leil Tefillah. He didn't hold of the hatter of Leil Tefillah. And I guess he also did not hold, just taking it for the next, they don't really discuss it, but clearly they, he didn't even hold like the mother of Rum. The mother of Rum, technically, if you don't have children, and it's a layout to be able to be okay. So maybe he held like the task. There we go. That it had to be that you don't have any children at all, and it, it's a layout to and that wasn't applicable to him because he already had some kids. So the layout to be wouldn't have helped, and uh, fine. Remember this point down in the Ara, just before we go right there, that, there, that there's another answer to this question that why did maybe have relations? It's maybe had relations because he didn't have a daughter, but Yosef also didn't have a daughter. So there's the Ian Yaakov brings down that Yosef did have a daughter because it tells us in the Pasuk that Bitzcha Banu Likach, and the brothers were uh, fighting with Yosef, arguing with Yosef uh, after he took the Yaman. Yehuda said to him, like, you're asking us all these questions. Like, why are you asking us these questions? You're trying to ensnare us. Like, what, you're asking me, do we have a father? Do we have a younger brother? So he said to him, rhetorically, are we coming to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage that you start asking all of these questions about our family? Elamai, you're trying to ensnare us. So the Inyakiv wants to say that from the expression, are we coming to take your daughter? Do we want your daughter in marriage? That implies that he had a daughter. So if he had a daughter, so that would answer the question that he actually did have. He had two sons and a daughter. But he says, Bapashtus, the rabbi brings down from the Fidah, just Urcha Delishlanaka, meaning as he was speaking rhetorically, he wasn't speaking literally, we were coming to take your daughter. Speaking, well, are we coming to try to marry your daughter? That asked us all these questions, is just speaking rhetorically. And to point out um, that there are some opinions that want to answer this question about the difference between Levi and Yosef is that they want to say that Yosef did have a daughter. That's the answer. They did have a daughter, like similar to the Nyankin. But the Gurarya asks on it, but we know that it says, I am Nefesh, there were 70 people that came with Yaakov. And that included Yocheved, who was born in the tribe, and also included Ephraim and Menashe, and Yosef that were already in the tribe. So he says, and he also we counted the woman. So since we counted all the people who came down, including the people who were already in the tribe, including the woman, then technically if Yosef already had a daughter before the famine began, 
then there would have been 71 people. So why does the Pasuk say there are just 70? So it's hard to say that Yosef already had a daughter. So this approach that Yosef already had a daughter is difficult to say. But there are some answers that Rav uh, Shoyer wants to answer, that even if he had a daughter, it could be that he had a daughter before the, the, the famine began. So therefore, he wasn't allowed to have relations during the famine. But by the time Yaakov came to Mitzrayim, his daughter died. So it was like an in-between type of period. And by the time he came down, basically, he had a daughter. So he wasn't allowed to have relations. Then they came down to Mitzrayim. When they got there, his daughter died. But we also know that once Yaakov got to Mitzrayim, the famine was finished. So he was allowed to have relations anyway. So it wasn't really relevant at that point. And he brings a proof from this that we do see that Rashi brings that, um, according to one opinion, the Shvatim married uh, the daughters of Canaan as wives. And Rashi tells us what happened to these women. doesn't count them uh, from, the, from amongst the people going down from Mitzrayim. So he says it's because they died before they went down from Mitzrayim. So we already see this idea that there were many people of the family that died during the famine. Um, so therefore, it's possible that he did have a daughter, that she also died, and therefore that would have been the difference between Levi and Yosef. Then the Rebbe brings a third approach. The third approach is the Ram's approach. The Ram tells us that this Isser of Yimashama Shemitah, B'Shnas is only when it's a tsar or a, a hunger or famine that's happening to Yidin, not when it's just happening to Goyim. And that's what the Mashmois of the Gemara over there was talking about, B'Mashtatif in the tsar with, uh, with the other Yidin. That's what the Gemara is discussing. Mishtatif in the Tsar of Yidin. So therefore he says when it's talking about the Ruhavan, <coughs> it doesn't mean any Ruhavan that's happening. It means Dafkar Bimashtatif in the Tsar of other Yidin. So he says, Al Pizat, we have a very simple chilek between Yosef and the brothers. <coughs> he says, Yaakov and his family had food. We know they had food until sometime during the second year. Uh, when they stopped having food, as, as we know that they originally went down to the tribe only because they didn't want to appear in front of everybody else that they that they had food and people would be jealous. Therefore, he sent the brothers down. When then they came back, they didn't send them back again for a while until, as Yehuda said, Let, let's wait until all the food is done and then he'll have to send us back with the gum. And that's back of what happened when they ran out of food, then they went back to the tribe. So they had food for most of that, that time period. Therefore, they explain that Levi, was Mutter to be Mishamish because his family, the Yidin, the family at that time was with Yaakov, and they all had food. So therefore, and only in the middle of the second year, really closer to the end of the second year, did they um, run out of food. So therefore, it's possible that Levi was Mishamish Mitasai at the beginning of the second year, within the first three months. They ran out of food sometime after that, and then at the end of the second year, they went down to Mitzrayim, so therefore, he, when he was Mishamat to the Mita, he was permiss- permitted to. I. Right, what about Yosef? Says so Yosef uh, knew, didn't know that his family had food, so he had to assume the family didn't have any food. So therefore, he had to be Mishatav in the Tsar. So since he assumed his family didn't have food, therefore he was Mishatav in the Tsar of the Eden. I. Right, what about Yosef himself? Meaning, is, so the, so the Mephorshim asked this question though. Is that true? Yosef had to fast because of his family. The family had food, so they didn't fast because of themselves. But shouldn't they, at least the Shavuot, knew that Yosef was alive? Yaakov didn't know, and I'm assuming probably most of the daughter-in-laws and everybody else there didn't know. The grandchildren didn't know. But at least the Shavuot and the ten Shavuot that knew about it 
shouldn't have, including Levi, they knew Yosef was alive. So because of the tzar of, 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 of Yosef, it should have been prohibited for Levi to have Tashro Shemita. So the Ran says, because they knew that Yosef was Barabbach. They knew Yosef had food. Again, he doesn't, they don't, he doesn't explain how he, they knew this, but, but Ran just kind of stays in as a statement. They knew that he was Barabbach. They knew that he had. Okay. But then there's a bunch of other approaches. The, 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 the strongest one is the Chizkuni, the Tzidula there, that they say is, also the Chaim, I think, brings this down, that we're not cautious for the Tsar B'yachid. When we're saying that you have to be mishtatif in the Tsar of Yisrael, it means the Tzibur, it means the congregation. When there's, the Tzibur is uh, having an issue, having Tsar, having uh, a hunger. So the family of Yaakov would have been considered a Tzibur. One individual is not considered a Tzibur, so therefore there's no reason for them to, to answer themselves because of the Tsar of one person, which would have been Yosef. And they bring a proof from an other. When I left, for example, let's say a brother, a person's brother is in a veil because he lost a child. So he's, of course, not in the Shamash Tesmita, but his brothers are. So you see that for Tsar Vyach, it doesn't make it Usr for the entire family. It's only when there's a Tsar for the whole Tsibur. Others want to say that Yosef was a Tzveik Tzveika. First of all, they didn't know if he was alive. And even if he was alive, maybe he had food. So because of a Tzveik Tzveika, maybe he was in Tsar, that's not enough of a reason to uh, Asr maybe. Another approach is that, um, is that, quote from the Archaim, they want to, he wanted to give another approach. He wants to say that, you know, the truth is Yosef was Meshamash's Mita. He wants to say that Yosef actually was Meshamash's Mita. He says Yosef didn't have a daughter, but he actually was allowed to be Meshamash. He holds that it was permissible. So this is similar, connects really to the, the previous answer and this answer that Yosef was allowed to be Meshamash's Mita because he didn't have a daughter. I, um, yeah, this is totally a different answer. Anyway, but so he says, what, what's, his, what's his approach, though? He says, well, we have a, a rule in the Gemara that in Ena Inyan, if it's not relevant to the topic at hand, then, then you take that Allah and, and apply it to others. So when it tells us by Yosef that the children were born before the Shnas Ra'ad, which is implying that during the Shnas Ra'ad, you're not allowed to be Meshamach the Mita, that wasn't applicable to Yosef himself because he didn't have a daughter yet. Alamai, it was applicable to everybody else. So even if it's not relevant to Yosef, if you apply it to everybody else that it is relevant for. That's what he wants to say. So Yosef did have relations, but sorry, that should have been brought earlier. In, uh, earlier. But the other, the last approach the Rebbe brings is from the Bear Man Chaim, Toiv, the Gosi Rishleimer brings this, that Yosef was being mishtatav in the Tsar of Mitzrayim. So it wasn't the Tsar of his family it was the Tsar of his family. His family was okay because his family had food. So they didn't fast. They, had, they didn't have to, sorry, be Misham. They were permissive of Misham because they had food. They didn't have to worry about Yosef. He was just an individual. What about Yosef? He knew his family was okay. But the problem was, he was the leader of Mitzrayim. And therefore, he was constantly seeing in front of him, in front of him people who were suffering. Therefore, that's why he had to be Zayir. That's why it was a Midas Chassidus or as an Isser Mamish. Yeah, I guess there's different ways. It was a Midas Chassidus or it was an Isser Mamish for him to be Meshamish Mitasa because he was involved in the Tsar. It wasn't Yav Yidin, but it was of the people he was with. It was the Mokim that he was at. So according to this approach, it doesn't matter if it's Yidin or not. It has to do with your Mokim, with the area that you're living. Ya- Yaakov and his family were living with themselves and they were fine. But Yosef was living with these individuals that, that, were, that, were, that were in pain and suffering. Therefore, it's prohibited for him. So, that, so this is a very 
So it's, it's similar, but it, a little bit different. All the other approaches, this third approach is really more focusing on the Ra, but he's saying it only applies to the Tsar of Yidin. So this is a little bit of a different approach. He's saying that it does apply to the Tsar of Mitzrayim, but only, that was only relevant to Yosef because Yosef was the one who was living with the Mitzrayim and experiencing their Tsar. So those are the, the three approaches. So let's just um, sum them up and then we'll go into uh, the Rebbe's explanation. So the, to summarize, our question is, why was Levi allowed to be the Shamish's Mita, but Yosef, it says, What was the difference? We gave three main approaches. Approach number one is that Yosef was doing a Mitzvah Chassidus, or it was uh, Yosef, it was just, this that we learned from Yosef was just an Asmachta, it wasn't something that they actually did before Matan Torah. It was just an asmachta, and it was only an Israel applied after Matan Torah. We had a second approach is that it did apply before Matan Torah, but it's permissible if you didn't have children. And Levi didn't have a daughter. Yosef either had a daughter at that point of time, or he might not have had a daughter, but he was uh, held like Beishamai, that all you need to have is two sons, or he was still being doing a mitzvah this, even though he would have been permitted. Then we have the third approach, which was the approach of the Ran. That says that this whole thing only, this whole idea only applies if it's the Tsar of Yidin. Therefore, Yaakov and his children were fine because the family uh, still had food at that period of time. Ashenk and Yosef that didn't know the family had food, or he was being Mishatif in the Tsar of Mitzrayim. Therefore, Yosef, where he was, there was Tsar, therefore, um, he was allowed to be Mishatif in the Mita, Ashenk and Levi. So the Rebbe asks, a few questions, asks a question. He says, he says, these, these answers, he says, you can't really say in Rashi. Because we have a rule with Rashi that it has to be clear within Rashi. It has to be according to Pshutish and Mikra. When you read the Rashi, even a five-year-old would be able to learn Rashi in, in that particular way. But these answers are not hinted to at all in the Lashon of Rashi. Because Rashi writes the Isr Stam without any giving conditions or, or, or halukim and giving exceptions. What Rashi writes is that mikan also So he says it's also. From here we learn that it's also. So if you're saying it's also, it's clearly not a mitzchasidus, right? Clearly not. Also is not a mitzchasidus. To say like uh, the 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 say uh, that the um, uh, like that approach that we brought from the from the stechamed. That it was, it doesn't mean kipshute, that's hard to say. Rashi, it, it clearly says it's Asr. And it says it by Yosef, Mikhan. From here we learn that it's Asr. So it's hard to say that it's like the base Yosef, that's only after Matan Tanner became Asr. It says Mikhan. It says right from here we learn that it's Asr. So clearly he's talking about the times of Yosef too. Um, he also doesn't give any exception. He doesn't say, except for if you don't have any children or if it's the Leo Tfilah. He says Mikhan Cha Asr without any condition. So it's a, the vocation is that there is no heter, that you're just not allowed to have kids. And Adrava, from the Pashat Shad of the Pasik, it says that Yosef had the children before the Shnasra of it, which the implication of the Pshutte Shemek Rabbi is that if he didn't have, if he, if it would have, if he wouldn't have had the kids before the Shnasra of it, then he wouldn't have been allowed to have them. Why? Because you're not allowed to be Mishamish Mitas Mishnei Rabbi. So Pshutte Shemek is Mash, but the only reason he was allowed to have the kids was because it was before the hunger started, before the famine started. But if it would have been during the famine, it would have been also for him. So again, so to say that if you don't have kids or if you're a little feeler, it would have been permissible, very difficult to say. And regarding that it's tsar that's only applicable if it's the tsar of the Yidin, 
again, it's, it's hard to say that because he doesn't say that it's when there's a hunger by Yidin. He says just years of famine. So when there's a years of famine, and again, the Pasuk is talking about Mitzrayim, not talking about specifically by Yidin. Shemikra, and, and according to Moshe and Rashi, it's implying is that it has nothing to do with who's having the hunger. It means that there is a hunger. So therefore, it would be something which would have been prohibited. So there was a hunger in Canaan. There's also a hunger in Mitzrayim. So it would have been prohibited for everybody. Okay. Another question the Rebbe brings on Rashi is that Rashi brought earlier in, in Pashas Noyach that it says that it says in the, in the Tzivri of Hashem about Noyach uh, going to his family, it says the Lashon Ata, Ubenacha, Ishtacha, and Rashi learns, and it's from the Yishalmi, that basically that when they, that it was also for them to do Tash Mishanita while they're in the Teva, that therefore mentions each one of them separately, is to tell them that each one of them had to stay separate. It was the men on their own and then the women on their own. Um, and that's why it says by the tzivoy, some explain that by the tzivoy of them going in, it says Noyach and his children and then his wife. But when Hashem gives the tzivoy for them to go out, it doesn't mention it in that order that it had to be the sons, the Noyach, the sons, and then the wives. It says, I think, the wives earlier. But the, the, the idea being is that when they went in, they had to be separated, but not when they left. Okay, but... And Rashi says, why? This is in Rashi, Pasuk Zahin, he gives the reason. He says, because the world is uh, in a situation of pain. So the question is, why does Rashi say by Yosef Mikancha also we already know from Nayak, Rashi brings it down, that it's something which is awesome. So by Rashi saying Mikan, he's clearly trying to be Shailo Nayak, saying that and there we wouldn't have been able to learn it from. We have to learn it from here. But Lachara, why can't we learn it from Nayak? Rashi brings this thing already by Nayak. So why can't we just learn it from Nayak? But just like by Nayak and his family, they weren't allowed to attach and Mita because there was a time of Tsar in the world. So who would then, whenever there's a time of Tsar, and which of course includes a time of famine, it would be also due to Hashem Shemitah. Why can't we learn it from Nayak? Uh, and we know that the, the Ramad it brings down that it's uh, he writes that that it's that that also on Tashma Shemitah, he writes Huadin Saras Shahim Kurava, like any type of tsar, which is like Rabbah. So clearly the, the Rabbah, and that's also logically the Vartiv is if it's a time of tsar, then whatever the tsar would be, if it's Ra'avin or if it's a Mabo, it would be something which would be also Tashma Shemitah. But Rashi is clearly being shayl on it. Why? So the explanation is. that there, there's a big difference between what happened with Nayak and what happened with Yosef. The difference was that Nayak, they themselves were, they were, they themselves were also suffering. Although Yosef, he wasn't suffering, he was the Mishnah Malach, he had food. So what we can learn from Nayak is only that if they're in a situation where the whole world's in Tsar, and you are part of that Tsar, that then you're not allowed to have Tashim Mita, meaning is oh, add a little bit of uh, context maybe, that at, during that time of Tsar that the world is experiencing and you are part of that Tsar, it's a time of davening to Hashem, doing more mitzvahs. It's not a time of Tashim Shemitah, it's a time of Tsar. So therefore, you have to separate and focusing on more Ruchni Stika and Yanim and not things that bring you pleasure. But that, when does that apply? If you just learned it from Dayach, 
That would only apply if it's also relevant to you. So when the whole world is in Tsar, including yourself, then what is the proper, proper way of, 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 uh, of conducting yourself is not to do Tash with Shemitah. And that's what was the situation over there. When it says Sha'oilam the Tsar, the Rebbe says it doesn't mean the people who are dying. The people who, and, and the animals that were living were killed within the first, well, with at least within the first 40 days of the Mabal they already were killed. But by Noyach and his family, it was also for them to have Tash and Shemitah the entire year that they were inside of the Teva. So it means Sha'oilam the Tsar, means the world in general is inside because there's water everywhere, things weren't growing. Um, the plants weren't growing. There was issues in the entire world. Melech and his family were part of also suffering. They were inside of the teva, uh, in a boat, uh, in an uncomfortable type of position. So therefore, they were in a situation of tsar, and therefore, it would have been applicable to them that since they're part of the issue, part of the tsar, they have to conduct themselves accordingly. Maybe he doesn't need to conduct himself, at least in private. I mean, maybe publicly he would have to do certain things, but why privately he wouldn't be able to have Tash and Shemitah if it's not, you know, if he's not having the Tsar, maybe, you know, let's assume for a moment that it was a punishment, like by the Mabu. It was a punishment that was happening to the world. So therefore, those who are suffering, maybe they have to do Tshuva, but if you're not suffering, maybe then it's not relevant for you to do Tshuva. It's just my own Tsar, but there could be many reasons. But so we see, though, from Rashi, is that Yosef, even though he was okay, Mikan Shasad, and even if you're okay, it's still going to be usher, um, and you have to be the shtatik and the tsar of others. So before, so, and furthermore, this, the, the Rebbe quotes the Amik Sheila in uh, in Haaris. He says it's out there. What he's going to say is similar, similar to the Amik Sheila. The Amik Sheila tells us that there's two terms which seem very similar, but they're actually different. There's what's called shnei b'tsurais or shnei ra'avin. Shnei b'tsurais usually is translated as years of famine, and Shnei Ravin is translated as years of famine. But it actually there's a difference. Shnei B'tzuris is that there is still some food. There's some people suffering, some people who are hungry, but there's others that have food. So what happened is that either it's because one year there, there was no produce, but the next year there was, and then there's a year that they don't, and it's on and off, on and off. And what's happening is, some people have food, some people don't. And therefore that's causing the market, the cost of food in general to go up, for it's very expensive. So there, there are some that are, uh, that, that are, having, uh, that are, that are um, having a famine, while there's others that still have food. But in general, it's a time of tsar in the world because everything's expensive, not everybody has food. While Shnei Ra'ovin means that it's a manish, a time of hunger, that nobody has food. It's a famine for everybody. So he says the halacha is that by Shnei B'tzurais, only things which are relevant to the tzibur that you have to be mishtat, meaning is if they are goyzer at tainus, then you have to be part of that tainus. If they're making a time to daven, you have to also daven. But things which are not relevant to the tzibur, what you're doing in the privacy of your own home, that, that, then you're allowed to do. So you're allowed to have tashmi shemit the b'shnei b'tzuras. Masha'en king says in, in, in time of shnas even if you have food, it doesn't matter. The shnas that everybody's suffering except for yourself, then even things which are done in private, like Tashmah Shemitah is awesome. It's not that just to give me mishtatif in things which are relevant to the tzibur, but even things which aren't relevant to the tzibur, like what do they care what you're doing in your home? It doesn't matter. At that point of time, Shnei Ravan, it becomes also even Tashmah Shemitah and things like that. So he says, Alpiza, we can be like in Rashi, a very interesting deek. Rashi writes that it's also, Mikan also 
to do Tashmish Shemitah, the Shnei Re'alim, which is not the Lashon of the Pasuk. The Lashon of the Pasuk is Beterem Tavish Shnas Ra'av. So Rashi changes the Lashon of the Pasuk from Shnas Ra'av to Shnei Re'alim, which is, the Lashon of the Gemara is also Shnei Ra'alim. So Rashi is quoting the Gemara through, uh, verbatim, which we know is not necessarily the style of Rashi. Rashi will quote the Gemara how it fits to the context. So from this that Rashi is, uses the Lashon of the Gemara and not the Lashon of the Pasuk is very significant. And the significance is because there's a very big difference if it's one year of hunger, Shnas Ra'av means one year of hunger, or it's years of hunger. The difference is that if it's a one year of hunger, it could be, uh, it could be for, for, like some, something happened. It's a Chiddush. It's a one year of hunger. Be multiple reasons, you know, there's not enough rainfall, uh, people uh, race, there, there are loads of money, so people can't bring the uh, produce from the from the uh, from the farms to the city. There could be multiple reasons why there could be a year, a, a one year of famine. But when there's multiple years of famine, then you already have a chazaka that this is the matzif in the world. So what's the difference, halachically? The difference would be, at least according to Peshutta Shemikra, would be a, if it's a one year uh, hunger. Then you don't have all these alachas of mitach asalabu to do tashim shemitah. Because it could just be that it's a chiddush, that there are multiple reasons why it happened this particular year, and it's something which is going to pass on its own the following year. But when it's a chazaka, when it's two years already, that means that this is a situation that Hashem is putting onto the world for whatever reason. It could be, a, let's say, a punishment, or it could be for whatever reason that Hashem wants it to be a, 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 a famine in the world. So one year, not two years, yes. So Ibizoi, similar to we had to the difference of Shnas, you know, if it's years of Soyrus to Shnas of Ra'avin, so we can say, similarly over here, so when it's one year, um, you wouldn't have had that, have that Chiddush. It could even be less than uh, Shnei B'Tzairus, because Shnei B'Tzairus means there's a Chazaka, there's two years of B'Tzairus, so therefore, you know, you're shocked with different things. One year of uh, hunger might even be even less than that, because you don't even have a Chazaka. But anyways, the point is when there is a chazaka, then it would be problematic. And we know that Rashi holds with this idea of chazaka. We find that also by Yehuda, that when his two children died, who were married to Tamar, he didn't want to marry Shila to uh, Tamar because he was afraid that since maybe she's Muchuzek, as Rashi writes, to kill her husbands, like her husbands died with her for whatever reason. So he didn't want Shila to marry to her. We see two times already chazaka according to Rashi. So what's the reasoning of the Isser? The reasoning is because the Hanhaga Shomayla is the opposite of Yeshuvah Shomayla. Therefore, it's not the time to be Isaac and Pirarivia, like the Russian of the Tanchuma, which he says regarding Noach and Yosef. He says that, that it's not Kedai, basically, that Hashem is busy destroying the world while you're busy trying to build the world. So for this Pshuta Shemikra, this type of reasoning is only Shach by Yosef and it's not Shach by Noyach. Because by Noyach, the Mabal was a punishment because they were doing bad things. Because Hishchastark and they were, uh, the way that they're having Tashu Shemitah and there are other things, the Gila Arais, because Naman, they were doing things which were bad. So therefore the Eitzah was not for them to stop doing Tashu Shemitah, but rather to fix their ways, to have proper Tashu Shemitah, to have proper relationships. So therefore Mitzad, um, Mitzah, the time of Noyach, it wasn't that Hashem was trying to 
was Isaac in the Hurban of the world, and therefore, how could you try to build it? Rather, Hashem was destroying the world in order to rebuild it. It was destruction in order for them to improve their ways. So the way that should, they should have conducted themselves was also to improve their ways by having Tashmish be them the proper way. Alamai, the reason why it was Aser, was for a different reason. Rashi says the reasoning is because the Oilam is showing beside that, that, that in a situation when you're in pain and, and you're part of the general world, which is in, in, in a time of pain, the Allah is that the time that you're showing the it's not appropriate to have Tashmish meet at that time of time, and you're supposed to be focusing on other things. But it's Lavdafka, this was a, a situation of Yavachazaka that Hashem was Oisik in the Churban. So the Tanhuma says it, Tanhuma is Medrish, it's giving a, a deep, not necessarily the Pshat of the Pasik, it's a deeper Pshat. But Pshutish Mikrod is no Hachrif that by Noyach, that was the situation. It was for sure a time of Tsar that they were part of. Therefore, if you're sorry with Tsar, therefore we know that you can't have Tashmishita. But by Yosef, there was, there was already a Chazaka. There's going to be seven years of famine. There was a Chazaka that this was the matzah that Hashem does not want things to grow at this period of time. Therefore, um, therefore, it was inappropriate for Yosef to have relations at that time. Uh, it's interesting, one of the Mephorshim, I think it was Lavashaira, uh, one of them, one of the Mephorshim, Rashi, bring from the Zayar, and we'll discuss a bit more later on, that Yosef didn't have relations during the, the Shnasa Mabel is because he knew that that during a, a year of, years of famine, the Neshamas that are brought down into this world is from the Sitra meaning is that when it's a time of Korban, it means that it's the time that the Sitra is ruling. He says that that's the Pshat in the Medjish of Huma. It says that Kadosh Baruch is destroying and you're trying to build. What that means is Hashem is not building. So whatever building you're doing is not coming from Hashem, because Hashem's energy, the Kedusha, is at this point of time being used to destroy. So where's your energy coming from? It's coming from the Sitra So for any children you're going to have, and Yosef, any children would have had, would have come to Sitra therefore he held himself back. But the point is, that's the Pshat of the Medrash, that Yosef held himself back because it was a Chazaka, that it was, uh, that it was a time that Hashem is not Oisik in the opinion of the world, he's Oisik in the opinion of destruction. Therefore, Yosef had to conduct himself like Hashem, wants the world to be conducted. Hashem does not, doesn't want Yeshiva Shalayla now. Therefore, Yosef also conducted himself that way. Aye, what about the brothers and Yitzchak? Because by them, first of all, by Yitzchak it was Shnas Rav, it was just one year. So we already said by one year, it's Lav Dafka, that it's a Chazak. It could have been for, not because necessarily Hashem is looking, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a reason that Hashem is trying to destroy the world, it's time of Corbin. It could be multiple reasons why that, uh, that particular year you didn't have Rav. It's not a Chazaka, that this is the uh, um, the conduct of Mamaila. But Levi, the Chayr should have been. So the answer is because by Levi, he didn't know that was going to be seven years long. He didn't know. Yes, Yosef knew it was going to be seven years because he knew that it was there was a Nevua in the dream of Pari that Yosef had, but Levi didn't know. All he knew was that Pari had a dream and he knew that there was a, a Nara, an Ivri, that gave some type of interpretation. He also knew that the Khatumi Mitzrayim themselves gave wrong interpretations or they gave different interpretations. So like the time it came to them, they had no idea what was real and what wasn't real. Allah, we know Rashi tells us that there's no dream, even of a yid, and every dream always has and things which aren't correct. So they didn't have, know if the seven years was something which was accurate or not. And the pearl, by the way, wasn't even seven years, it was two years. So therefore by Levi, he had no idea how long it's gonna last. So until it was two years of the hunger, he was permitted to have Tasha Shemitah. So when did Levi have Tasha Shemitah? At the beginning of the second year. When would it have become Asa for him? 
only at the beginning of the third. So it needs to be two years of famine in order to be a chazaka. There was no chazaka, therefore maybe was permitted. I, what about Yosef? Yosef knew it was going to be seven years because he had in the law. So there was a very big difference. So Al-Pizeh, the Rebbe points out, we can maybe explain also the Gerarie um, and others that want to say the difference between Yosef and the brothers. That when Yosef, it says, Yosef knew it's going to be seven years, right? We said that he knew it, that with Gerarie wrote that when you know it's going to be for a certain amount of time, then it's awesome. But if you don't know, then there's a heter if, if, if you don't have children. But since Yosef knew how long it's going to be, there's no heter to have children during that period of time. And we asked on the grand hand, what type of answer is that? E- even if you know how long the fast is going to be, but you don't, the hunger is going to be, you don't know how long you're going to survive, so maybe you still won't have children. So according to this, maybe you could understand the Gurari differently, that the Gurari wasn't trying to say that, uh, that we don't know how long you're going to live, or what he really was trying to say this Vortapi Kabbalah, that since Yosef knew it was going to be seven years long, therefore he knew it was a chazaka that it was a shna, that it was supposed to be Talmud Korban. Since he knew it was going to be seven years because he was a Navi, therefore for him it was prohibited. But Levi, who didn't know how long it was going to be, so therefore for the first two years, it would have been okay for him because there was no chazaka. And therefore he would have been able uh, to be Oisik in, uh, in having children. So, just for the last point, the Rebbe is going to just discuss this in Yenapi Allah and also Api Kabbalah. He says, Egeel Allah Lamais, it's different than the Pshut HaShemikra. If you look at the Shulchan Aruch and the Torah, they, also, they don't use the Lashon of the Gemara. Rather, they write Shnas Ra'av. That's also to have Tashmir Mita in Shnas Ra'av, singular. He says, because according to Allah, the reasoning of the Isser is like the Ra'av. So the Halacha passes like the Ra'av, that the reason why it's also is because of the Tsar, Shitzrol Shri Mitzrayim. When the Yidin are Mitzar, you have to be Mishtatif in Mitzar. Even if you're okay, you have to be Mishtatif. You have to care about your fellow Yid and be Mishtatif in their Tzar. So according to Pshutesh Mikra, it's only when there's two years, because it's not because of Shari Yitzral, it's rather because it's a time of Hashem is destroying and you have to conduct yourself according to Hashem's conduct. Mashenking according to Allah, the reasoning is the Isra Tashra Shemitah is because you have to be Mishtatif in the Tzar of a Yid. Therefore, they write Shnas Ravim. The Rebbe brings, he's, brings a Taratzmima in Ha'ara, that the Taratzmima wants to say an interesting idea, a big Fiddish. He says that when it says in the Gemara that it's Aser to have Tashim Shemitah in the year of hunger, because you have to be Mishtatif in the Tsar of the Tzibor, that's referring to people that have food, that since they have food, they have to join in the suffering by, by not having Tashim Shemitah. Masha Enkin, those who don't have food, they're actually allowed to have Tashmah Shemitah because they're already suffering. Meaning, according to the Torah, to me, but the whole idea of not having Tashmah Shemitah is only to be Mishtatav in the Tsar of Yisrael. So if you're already in Tsar, you don't need to ask for Tashmah Shemitah to be the Tsar. You already are the Tsar. You're, you're, you're the one of the Tzibah that are having Tsar. So it's interesting. So according to his, his bringing from the Torah, to me, that similar to the Shulchan Aruch and the Torah, that it's not because of that it's it's that, uh, that since it's, it's like the way by, by Noyach, that there's sar in the Oilam, and therefore the conduct when there's sar in the Oilam is that you're not supposed to be having tining. It's at sar in the Oilam, there's not a time for tining. Or like the approach of Rashi by Yosef, that it, since it's a time of Hurban, Hashem is destroying, it, 
it's not right for you to try to build. Right? He's giving this approach of the run that has to do with joining in with the Tsar of Yisrael. So he's saying if the Vort is joining with the Tsar of Yisrael, then if, if you're already in the Tsar, you don't need to be asked to touch to join in. So he says, he actually gives another answer for the differences of Yosef and Levi. He wants to say is Yosef was the Mishnah Malachi had food. So therefore, how is he joining in with the Tsar of Yisrael, with his family? That was by asking Tashra Shemitah. He says his family didn't have food, even though we mentioned earlier that the Pashas, they did have food. But again, I guess it's not so clear how much food they have. I and mean, you know that eventually they ran out. Or maybe, um, so therefore, anyways, either they, 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 either way they had Tsar. According to the third team, they had Tsar. At some point, they ran out of food. So therefore, he says that since they ran out of food, that Yeshleimer, that Levi, when did he have the Tasha Shemitah? It was ready once he ran out of food. So since he was Bitsar with the rest of his family, so he doesn't need to be mishtatif in the Tsar of the family by, by not having Tasha Shemitah. There's no food. So as soon as they ran out of food and therefore would have become also Tasha Shemitah, it was okay for him because, uh, because he was part of having that Tsar. So that's an interesting idea. The big Kiddush, but that fits with what the Rebbe is saying, this, this, this third approach of why it's Aser at the time of Tsar, uh, then the Rebbe brings from Kabbalah, and that it's before Shem desire, and I'm going to just explain it to save time, according to how the Rebbe's father understands desire. He's the Daik and the words very interesting, actually much easier to read than the usual Vart of Ablevik. But basically, it's the Daik from the Zayar that there's, at the time, that says by Yosef, the Zayar brings that he didn't have any Tasha uh, Shemita because he didn't want to have any children that are coming from the Sitrach, the Mak and Sava, the place of Tuma, the Sitrach. Um, so he explains that there's three levels of not having Tashimita. One is when you already have children. Sorry, to, to, sorry, in, in order to have Tashimita in order to have children. So you're, you don't have any children, so you're going to be the because you want to have kids. So Yosef was sorry from that, that he wasn't going to be Mishamish in order to have children. Because then the children would have come from a place of Sitrach. Second diary is that when your wife's already pregnant, but it says that there's an Indian of having Tashmish while she's pregnant, because that makes the child more beautiful. So that's he writes the Lashem that a Yosef Siddika, he was closed his spring and sealed it because he didn't want a, any type of hashpa from the Sitrach. Meaning is even though the child was his wife is already pregnant, but there would have been some type of hashpa from the Sitrach to his child. Therefore, Tzidika, he adds the word Tzidika, he also adds the word that he completely sealed it off to tell us that, uh, that since he was a Tzadik, in short, even that he was Zarbizan, not to even have any type of improvement. And then he brings a third level, is to have the birth, meaning is that the child was already pregnant before, and you're not having any Tash Shemitah, but the child would be born during the year of Shnasrav, meaning is the place, he uses the Lashem, that's not coming from the Sitrachah, but it's going to be in the place of the Sitrach, meaning is that when is the child going to be born? It's going to be born in time of Sitrach. So therefore, it's still going to have some type of the Shema of the child. So Yosef didn't even want that. That's why it says by Yosef that the children were born before the Shnas Rav. It doesn't just say that the children, that his wife became pregnant with the children before the famine began. He says, no, that they were born because he didn't want to have any type of connection. So he says, Al-Pizah, first of all, we can see a very big Nafkamina between Kabbalah and Halacha. According to Halacha, the only time you're allowed to be Meshamish the Mita is if you don't have kids. According, you know, we have different levels, if you're like Taz, if you don't have any kids at all, or 
uh, if you at least you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah puravu, or if you didn't fulfill the mitzvah puravu and it's leal tefillah like the Magad Avram. But the point is, when you don't have kids, that's the heter to have uh, tashlum shemitah. Mashenkin according to Kabbalah, that's the worst time. That's the worst reason that tashlum shemitah. What he's saying is that the reason why Yosef didn't have because he didn't want his children to come to have any type of um, sitra achra. So according to this, we, we the Rebbe brings an R that you could explain many of the mafarshim. Um, that talk about Yosef having a midas chasidis by not having by not having children during the year of the hunger, and they all ask why is that the union of chasidis? The Gemara tells us that during the year of Ra'avin, if you don't have children, then you're allowed to be mesham shemitah. What's the reasoning? Because it's a mitzvah per the pasuk. That's how most mafarshim learn. It's a mitzvah per so what's the Midas Chassidus, that Yosef wasn't careful with Puravu? Okay, we had different explanations, maybe he was like Beishamai, but on a very simple level, what's the Midas Chassidus? It says, Yosef, according to those ones that don't give those explanations of Beishamai, Beisil, they just say that Yosef had a Midas Chassidus while maybe didn't. What do you mean? It's, it's, it's a mitzvah. So it's according to this, you could explain it. That what they're trying to say is that the Midas Chassidus that Levi, Yosef had, when he was going according to Kabbalah, that he didn't want to have any kids during that year. And I guess and Levi wasn't Zarbazan. I guess Levi was more of a Balnigla that uh, that he was having uh, a child at that point of time to fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu while Yosef was uh, learning more of Pikabala or more according to Pshutish and Mikra. Yosef was Pshutish and Mikra. So the Rebbe actually points out that from here we can see how sometimes the Pshutish and Mikra is more connected to Kabbalah than even the higher levels of Drush, like in the, from the Gemara or the Medrash, that it's Dafka, the Pshutish and Mikra, that understands why didn't Yosef have Tashem Shemitah because it's the time of Hurban in the world, that's connected to the Kabbalah, which is, explains the reason why Yosef didn't have children, was because it's because it's coming from the Sitra Akra. So it's, he says how it's that Kabbalah and Pshutah uh, Shemikra are very much connected because they both come from the Oilam of Atsilos. So here again, we can see that when you're learning Rashi Kabshutah, and you don't try to learn Rashi uh, based on a Medrash or based on a Gemara or trying to learn Rashi according to Allah, but you learn it literally according to translation of how Rashi understands the word. It means kapshute without any conditions, without any um, exceptions. How you can see that the pshute of Rashi, you can learn in Yon and Nefloim, which are mamish connected to Kabbalah. Because all the other approaches are basically trying to understand Rashi according to some type of Allah interpretation. It's they didn't have children, it's only if it's a tzar of the Yidin. So you're trying to give exceptions to it based on Allah. But if you learn it without these exceptions and say, no, Rashi meant Kibshute, I doesn't seem like it's fitting according to Allah. According to Allah, you know, those answers fit better. But if you learn Rashi Kibshute, not necessarily based on Allah, but really, literally on the Pshute, Pshat of what he says, then you could see how that Pshat actually fits with the deepest levels of Tyra. It fits with what, how Kabbalah learns uh, the reasoning of Yasef. So that's a beautiful Sikha of the Rebbe.